favorite my favorite thing is you'll have a car drive up and you'll just hear like and then you hear this and the whole car is like rattling rattling yeah the whole rattle it's like oh you didn't hear about my 2000 watt subs in the back oh that was just treble before that's why they yeah, were the bass, vibrating the bass hasn't dropped yet clearly Skrillex yes, yeah. yes. My, uh, I, I may have replaced the locks about three times on my car but man that, that subwoofer <laughs> so well, one time I was standing outside my high school waiting to get picked up and there was like nobody around and suddenly this car just comes out of nowhere and it like drives through the high school parking lot blasting um, the sound of a baby crying like for no reason so it just was like it might have been <laughs> it might have been uh, <laughs> I have no idea to this day it might have been doing. it might have been a uh, like a, some kind of like sound effect in a song but uh, it could have been I don't know um, so my, that, my, that is hilarious yeah my, so that's that's life in Finneytown in case you were wondering <laughs> <laughs> so my friend uh, Andrew had a Mercedes uh and in the back of it he had these 2000 watt subs and uh subwoofers and his thing was he was really into like metal Andrew Daniels mm. I think you've met him before yeah and so um he used to have us sit in the back and he would like crank it up and then he would play like some kind of like speed metal thing it would just go nice and like your whole body would be like ah you like couldn't sit in the seat right yeah, it's kind of like having like acupuncture or something. Done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a therapeutic muscle. It shakes your brain loose just sitting yeah. in the back of the seat of the car. Okay. Oh, that's why they're so relaxed. You know, people listen to heavy metal. Ah. <laughs> 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 hmm, I feel at peace. Okay. You guys ready to start? Yep. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. We're here to talk about another aspect of music, media, and the mission of Jesus. Guess what? This one also starts with an M. Guess what? My process of elimination, if you listen to the last episode, you know which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> or if you just read the title of the episode. So um, No one does that. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this is definitely going to be another uh, fun little like side episode. But since it's very music centric, excuse me, I uh, burped a little bit. But since it's very music centric, we are going to do one of the favorite fun things that we yeah, love yeah, to yeah, do, yeah. which is, <laughs> yeah, Zach's like, yeah, I don't yeah, love yeah, to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, sometimes I force Zach to just come up with songs right on the spot. No, I'm excited. Um He's preparing his foley by flipping through the Bible, which is mm -hmm. my job normally. I can do it better than you. We both have Bibles today. Yes, we do. So um, Zach has a great little like library in, in our little studio here, so we can just grab them right off the wall. So um, we're going to do our little fun project that we do every now and again, which is we are going to I'm have excited. Bob be very diligent about how long we take to do the song. Okay. And we are going to last time we begged him for more time. Yeah. And this time it has, to, it has be, to be Mary. Yeah. Mary, why do you cry was such a good song. <laughs> this, this time it has to be like um, legit. 15. It's like young Frankenstein. Like no matter how much I beg, yeah. no matter how much I cry, yes. don't <laughs> extend the clock. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is that from? Young, young Frankenstein. Oh, no, no, uh, no. I meant, um, isn't there another thing in Harry Potter? When he's like, no matter what I tell you, Harry, keep feeding me this dark black drink. 
I don't remember that. It's like in uh, whatever it's called, the Half Blood Prince. He's like, and then he's like, no, don't give it to me. And he's like, sir, you have to drink this. He's like, oh. it's like giving a kid cough syrup. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody needs to make a meme of that. I need to get online and do that. All right. So, um, okay. Yeah. So we're going to uh, have Bob specifically pick mm-hmm. us out of a, a psalm. Bob, how are you going to determine which psalm? Well, using the power of the Google machine, I have a random number generator. What? what? And so basically I click a it button can do that. And, and it gives me a random number between two specified numbers, which the minimum I've chosen is one. The Not just numbers, integers. Integers, yes. Yes. One yeah. in 150, I believe, was, was the criteria I was given. There's between one and 150. There are, are 150 there, possibilities. Are there um, more than 150 psalms? I guess not, right? No, there's only the original 150 psalms. Wait, wait, wait. We're not talking about... <laughs> there may have been other We're not talking about second psalms, are we? <laughs> second gen. The Johto psalms are not as cool as the Canto psalms. So, psalm, psalm 150? Is that from first or second psalms? All right. So, Bob, roll, uh, roll us that random uh, number and find out what we're going to do here. All right. 14. 14, all right. Huh. I've done uh, 16 before. Let me, let me read, let me read a little bit of this before we start let's the read clock read it, and then here. we'll start the clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what? I'm going to yeah, read yeah, it out yeah, loud. Yeah, let's go and read it all. So I've got, oh, it's actually not that long, so this will be easier for us to write a song. Good. Um, so here, here it goes in, is this NIV, Zach? Yes, both of ours are. Okay. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Ooh. They are corrupt, their deeds are vile, and there is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not, not even, even one. one. That might be our chorus. Will evildoers Neville, never, <laughs> Neville. Neville. You were talking about Will evildoers Neville. Come on, Neville. Will evildoers never learn? Never learn. Those who devour my people as men eat bread and who do not call on the Lord. They are there. They are overwhelmed with dread for God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion with an exclamation point. When the Lord restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Mm. This one's going to be a lot harder than <laughs> I thought, but we're going to do it. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, 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 so here's, here's the deal. Um, so I've got, I've got, I've got a timer here for 15 minutes. Uh, we will be recording during this. If you want to check out the full audio of this, you can check it out on Patreon, please. So with that being said, we will still, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, sorry, that's the piano. I goofed up on it. All right, yeah, so so if so if you want to check that out, you can check it on Patreon. But with that being said, we are going to start right now. Oh, that's loud. 
All right. That was literally right as we finished. That's, as we finished. So I'm going to take, you take verses one and three, which are your one and two. I will sing my verses, second verse, and I will sing okay. the chorus. And then you will do third verse, and then I will do chorus again. You can try and sing harmony. And I'm going to sit. Why don't you, can you scooch over here a little bit? Can we, can we do that? You this need, is not cheating. Yeah. We are just scooching yep, close yep, to yep, see yep, our lyrics. Yep, yep. Do you need yep. the song lyrics? The songwriting's done. It's all good. It's all good. All right, guys. I I can't. Let, 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 let's see what we got here. Okay, that's that's fine. That's okay. fine. I'm gonna put it right there. Okay. Okay. For those of right. you, for those of you who, uh, who who are just listening to the episode without the Patreon, um, well, you're you're gonna be in for for a treat. But if you really want to hear how this thing came together, check pa- us out on uh, Patreon.com/slash/houseplants. It's gonna be worth. All it. right. it's, it's worth Woo-hoo. it here. So we are going to attempt to do this song we only wrote in 15 minutes, which is actually very, very beautiful. It's not too bad. Zach is going to do the uh, chords on the guitar. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a little uh, extra on the piano, just some uh, kind of flavorful stuff, and we're going to give it a go. All right, Bobby, ready? This is Psalm 14. Oh, salvation will come. There it is. Hey, all right. And I literally just named it now. I like that. <laughs> Two, three, four, and... salvation will come Jazzy ending there. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Amen. Nice. Amen. <laughs> we'll clean that up next time. But there you go. That's a 15-minute songer, just like the uh, <laughs> classies. Thank you very much for awesome. listening. We did uh, We did literally the play-by-play. You can listen to it on Patreon. Absolutely. And this will be a great opportunity for us, just like uh, Mary, Why Did You Cry, for us to pick this up and clean it up and do yeah, it for a future episode, which will be a lot of fun. Work on it a little bit. That'd be great. Um. All right. Great. So, 
All right, guys. Um, we have well, just uh, done our worship, and just like any other episode, it is time for us to pray. Absolutely. So uh, I prayed last time. You sure did. So who wants to take that, it this time? That that would make it. Uh, that would make it me. I'm up. That sounds good. Go for it. Um, so. Yeah, let's get right into it, man. Yeah. Daddy, I thank you for this chance to to gather with uh, with these great men. I thank you for their skills, for the talents, and the uh, and the ability that they have to uh, to to find new and unique ways of worshiping you, even in fifteen minutes. Um, I praise you for, uh, for 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 the things that we're able to do here, and I ask you to be with this time. Let this let, let this time be uplifting to you, and uh, let it strengthen our, the community at large. And you're something we pray. Amen. Amen. You know what's good about doing that is that it's straight out of the Bible without any of us in it. Just us putting the words yeah. down on paper and saying it. It out. reminded me of those um, metrical psalms that we have, like yep. in the Psalters. Oh, yeah. Just pretty much just do a straight translation. We were pretty close. We stuck pretty close to it. So. I think we left out maybe one or two parts in there, but essentially. It literally was just for time, though. We probably would have just went through the whole thing. I mean, we have probably another verse we could have done, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, we we decided in our process to kind of do the whole um, thing where it says, oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion when the Lord restores the yeah. fortunes of his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. And I think that is a good message at the end. It's funny because a lot of Psalms start off um, as doom and gloom and then they end up with a joyous note at the end like mm-hmm. the joy comes with the morning and uh i think that's fine um but i still think that classic psalm 88 that's super depressing at the end is fine too. yeah well there's other psalms that uh start out on the on the high end of the scale and that's then true. end with a warning like psalm 13 that's very true so yeah. um that's the one cool thing about psalms is that they don't uh adhere to the modern like music makeup so it's always fun to like be challenged in that way Absolutely. Okay, so um yeah. Um Bob, are you uh Psalm ninety five is the one I was thinking of. Sorry. Oh Psalm ninety five. Yeah. That's right. Sorry, Bob, did you already pray? I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being silly. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> go ahead and pray. No, um, so uh here's what we're gonna do today. We are going to pick up from last time we talked about five movies that um, may or may not contain uh, God hidden within the uh, storyline. Mm-hmm. And so today we are going to do again sort of the same thing, but this time with music, mm-hmm. um, secular music. And for obvious reasons, there's going to be a few songs in here that that are very, very obvious. Because the thing is, um, we can derive stuff from movies like The Matrix and things like that. But with songs, it's very it's a lot more cut and dry because the lyrics are the lyrics. And so you're going to see a few obvious ones, but um, we are still going to go over them because uh, there's probably listeners out there that didn't know they were a Christian song. So um, I guess I will start you all because there is a great one, uh, which is a funny connection between our last episode and this one. The song Turn, Turn, Turn by the Birds, which is actually in the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Oh, that's right. And one of the things that's funny is that if you... Um, the Forrest Gump soundtrack is so good. I mean, let's talk about it. The Birds, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah, I mean, we've got so many great bands in there. So here's what I'll say. Um, as we get started in here about, uh, you know, we'll go with the Birds first. I will just lay the groundwork for what this song is basically all about by reading you a particular passage of the Bible. 
So let me get there really quick. It's going to be Ecclesiastes 3 that we're going to be reading from. Mm -hmm. Mr. Solomon and his wise but wise words, but somewhat uh, questionable lifestyle. We will. (laughs) I'm just being silly. All right. So um, Psalm. I'm sorry. I'm tired. Ecclesiastes 3, uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 1. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to uh, tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And then it goes on uh, for quite a quite a ways, but it's essentially talking about um, obviously timing and about how everything has its proper season. Um, and one of the the great things about this song is that it really doesn't do anything but just sing the Bible. I mean, it's it's really cut and dry, but for a lot of people who hear the words turn, 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 in every season, turn, 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 you may not associate that immediately with the mm-hmm. Bible, but it is straight out of this scripture. Um, and so one of the things I was going to bring up to our listeners is that it's actually not the birds who originally wrote this song. Um, turn, turn, turn was originally written by Peter, Peter uh, Seeger, Pete, Pete Seeger, Pete Seeger. Oh, okay. And yeah. so Pete Seeger was Seeger a, from, sorry, Peter, Paul and Mary, right? Uh, t- I think so. Yeah. The folk, the folk guy. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, there's a beautiful, beautiful version of this song, uh, with him and his, I think his wife, um, uh, Pete Seeger. No, no, I'm sorry. It's Pete Seeger and Judy Collins. And it's very, very, very gorgeous song. If you guys ever want to look that up and it's very like folksy and beautiful. And I believe that that was the original intention was to be almost worshipful. Um, so if you guys ever get a chance to listen to that, it's really great. But um, as we go through that, that passage in Ecclesiastes that, that really talks about seasons um, to go, go on past where I read, it says, what does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. This is very, very important. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and to do good while they live, that everyone may eat, drink, and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken away. God does it so that men will revere him. Um, the thing that is again, reiterated is this everything in its proper time. And so even things like a time to kill, <laughs> I mean, there's the, yeah. everything in its proper yeah, time. That's right? Interesting, isn't it? Um, and so uh, it's also a thing about toiling um, uh, really, um, we waste so much time worrying, toiling away. Yeah. Uh, and that is, as in the song, um, Bob, do you have the lyrics up for the birds turn, uh-huh. turn, turn? I sure do. Could you read me, uh, after the, the chorus 
I, uh, we're talking. I'm sorry. Could you read me just the chorus? What the chorus says? Uh, to to every season, turn turn turn. There is uh, to everything, turn turn turn. There is a season, turn turn turn, and a peace and, and a time to every purpose under heaven. A yeah. time to born. Yeah, that's okay. That's yeah. just just the chorus. The under yes. heaven thing is yes. from Ecclesiastes. Yes. And a well. time that's to right. every purpose under heaven yeah. is what you're looking for. That's, yeah, that's right. That's um, that's what Solomon he's talking about. Like, oh, life under. I um Solomon says under the sun, doesn't he? Well, in the very beginning of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes one is that thing they reference. That's yes. why it's the chorus. A season for every activity under he- under heavens. That's under right. the heavens. It says um, under the heavens. Yeah. Well, so. you know, and yeah, in this one it says under heaven, but yeah, it's the same same kind of principle there. Yeah. Um, but what I think is really cool is that um, <laughs> so many people hear this either from the you know our generation probably heard it from Forrest Gump. Or if you have parents who were really into that time period. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people in this time period who heard the bird song actually thought it was scriptural. I don't think that they did. Unless unless it was part well, of the Jesus movement. I, I, I would argue that probably most of them at that time probably did recognize it. Because oh, okay. the, the, church, the church culture... There in the in the fifties and sixties was so was still so predominant. Ah, yeah. Well, it's right at right at the beginning of the seventies, like late sixties, early seventies was that movement. Well, it's funny because the birds and were kind of part of like the counterculture hippie movement. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and um, here they are doing a song that is scriptural. Um, But part of the hippie movement was like um, the whole Eastern philosophy thing, like. Okay, let's like look up like other philosophies. Yeah. And probably like out of the Bible, it's like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes is probably the most like like if yeah. you're if you're just reading it, absolutely, right. it probably seems a lot more like philosophy. Yeah, you know, right. kind of, kind of, you can see a, a correlation there with yeah. a lot of Eastern philosophy, Eastern philosophy, uh, where, where you just get nuggets, just chunks of wisdom, yeah. just small bite sized chunks. Yeah. So that's what a proverb is, right? Yep. So. Yeah. You know, they'll even say like, this is a Confucian proverb or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, um, so yeah, here they are kind of taking a nugget from scripture yeah, and it is an important lesson, right? Like everything in its due season and that, you know, it's kind of like, Ooh, it's this mysterious wise thing. Like right. everything under heaven has this like proper season and, you know. Yeah. But what's funny yeah. is like, again, I, I mean, I just, I, it was never really branded like a Christian song. Like it was on these top yeah. billboard charts and uh, so that's why I think it's funny because nowadays, if it's if if these lyrics were put on the radio, it would immediately be put on the Christian radio instead of regular radio, which is funny yeah. because you know. And so that's that's kind of our point we we're making earlier is that now it's such a dividing line. If anything sounds remotely close to uh, theological, it ends up kind of being put in its own category on on the radio. So yeah. Anyway, all right. It's not about like sex or being famous or anything yeah so. it has to go in a different <laughs> it need yeah to be on the pop so, radio now, now to be fair <laughs> even though it was straight out of scripture one thing that they they do end with is a time for love a time for hate a time for peace i swear it's not too late it's kind of like, like the, the, the the climax the very ending of the song there yeah they're maybe adding a little bit of, oh yeah to their current time yes period so, and... so so because they were part of the hippie but they were t- part of the uh, anti-Vietnam. Oh, peace. of course, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, the the, the peace, uh, the hippie peace movement that came with that. Which, so. I mean, 
it's it's not wrong to say that you want peace. Sure. I mean, yeah. sure, absolutely. I don't think it's unbiblical to ask for peace, but no, no, but no, no I no. think you're right. I think that it was it was a referencing some topical things. Yes, yeah. kind of like how they a lot of people equate the word like that song "Imagine" by the Beatles. They like go like, oh, no, yeah. we, we don't have to get into a rant about it. But um, a lot of people are like, wow, it's like the most why you know. The worst John Lennon song, basically a communist <laughs> whoa, 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 manifesto. Whoa, whoa. There. <laughs> Let's not lose the uh, the four viewers that we have. But no, so uh, I mean, that that's the thing though. It's like like you said, it's it's they try and um, push wisdom towards like a like a current thing. Like sure. I'm I'm surprised there isn't like we, uh, all the uh, three of us grew up with songs that had topical purposes. Like uh, what is that? Um, the 9-11 country music that would come out like, where were you when those towers got? Oh, I was thinking of Toby. Where were you when the world stopped turning? That's right. By Alan Jackson. That's right. What about, we'll put a boot up your butt. Oh, yes. That's the American uh, way. Brought to you courtesy <laughs> of the red, white, and blue. <laughs> so right no yeah no but, but you're absolutely right though, though yeah those are the uh the, the g-rated censors so the, the, the lyrics I'm surpri- so i'm more surprised that there isn't a topical like bunch of songs about coronavirus or anything but uh the, the, they're they're coming out uh matthew yeah. west actually just wrote one called quarantine he released it recently it came oh, really? up on my spotify oh, it, wow. it, it is it is it is quite funny it's it's hilarious it's worth listening to okay. um yeah Qu- quarantine bye bye matthew yeah west. you're right matthew west is pretty funny <laughs> so <laughs> i'm kidding sorry you remember the great stand-up comedian Matthew It's quite humorous. It's worth listening. To. All right. So, Zach, uh, what's yeah. yours? Uh, I want to hear about this. You said you didn't want to start with it, but okay, I, yeah. I am very curious it, about it. If we started with this one, it would have just confused everyone and people would have been like, what? <laughs> uh, turning this off. Yeah. The Day the Music Died, which is what I thought the um, title of the song was, but apparently it's called American Pie Part One. Most people know it as American Pie. Okay. <laughs> so we're talking Amer- uh, Bye Bye Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. dry. Yep. Them good old boys was drinking whiskey and rye, singing This Will Be the Day That I Die. Um, so Yeah, by Don McLean. Don McLean. So the, the most famous thing that's in this song is the, the verbiage, like the day the music died, actually refers to an event where um, Buddy Holly... Richie Valens and um, JP Richardson died along with their pilot in a plane crash. I remember. And because these were a bunch of like classic, like fifties and sixties classic rockers, not classic rock, but rock and roll, you know, from the old, old school rock and roll. um, They titled it the day the music died because all four of them were very important figures in rock and roll history. And, um, but Don McLean, he's got a flair for like the prophetic sort of. Okay. And so he, I think what he talks about is you kind of like read through the lyrics. He's, he's talking about America, I think. Okay. It's kind of the big takeaway. Um, so it's similar to turn, turn, turn where it's got some like political messaging in it. Sure. But it talks about like, um, okay. So, Yep. Did you write the book of love? Did and you, you ha- and do you have faith in God above? God above. If yeah. the Bible tells you so. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's talking about how America was like Christian for a long time. Yeah. And then the counterculture like started to change it. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, read where it says uh, now for 10 years we've been on our own and Moscow's fat on the Rolling Stone. Read that whole verse. Gotcha. So now for 10 years, we've been on our own and moss grows fat on a rolling stone. But that's that's not Not how it used to be. 
when the jester sang in, uh, for the king and queen and a coat he borrowed from James Dean and a voice that came from you and me. Oh, and while the king was looking down, the jester stole his thorny crown. The courtroom was adjourned. No verdict was returned. And while Lennon read a book on Marx, the quartet practiced in the park, and we sang dir uh, dirges in the dark. And the day the music died, we were singing. Yeah, so there's like a lot of ways you can interpret. It does sound like, like he is. It does sound like he is referencing the like brutal end of different things, and one yeah. of those is the crucifixion. Yeah, yeah sure. so the jester stole his thorny crown. The courtroom was adjourned. Yeah. I wonder what the sun in Holy yeah. Ghost. <laughs> yeah, so he's like took the last train. From I feel the like coast. he's talking about how like American culture was very Christian and became mm -hmm. not Christian. So because like it says like the jester dance, jester is somebody who like entertains people in mm -hmm. a borrowed coat he borrowed from James Dean. Right. So it's like we're being distracted, you know, by um this entertainment culture and like kind of that temptation element. Comes yeah, in, and it's interesting you know? too because um. Yeah, because in the song, um, right, like you're saying, it's the like end of an era. Yeah, and so what's uh, when was this written? By the way, 1959. You said, is it? Do you know when it's from, Bob? Uh, this was written. No, no, no. Um, so that was when Bo Buddy Holly died. That was when the that was the day the music yeah, died. Was so, in 1959. Yes. Uh, but this this was released on the album American Pie in 1971. So this is ah okay. So this is at the end of the 60s. So it, it, yes. Yeah. So like you said, it's a it's a cultural departure. The gesture mm -hmm. stole the thorny crown. So I wonder, right. like the way I hear that, and I could be wrong about this. The way I hear it is like he's take like the entertainment culture, the celebrity culture is taking the meaning, which yeah. the meaning used to be the Christian belief and faith that America had. And he's like stolen that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well like, um, <laughs> and while Lenin read a book on Marx and so Lenin being a double entendre for like Stalin and Lenin also John Lennon, you know, who wrote, um, communist things like in his lyrics are Lenin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And, and I think, I think that this is a lament song. It's like lamenting all this loss. I don't know what Don McLean's beliefs were, but it sounds to me like he's at least if he doesn't believe in Christianity itself, he at least seems to have some kind of lament over like our loss of innocence. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and it's true. Like if you look at like the sixties or whatever, like that's kind of, that's America losing like a kind of a naivety and innocence in a way. That's kind of like the theme that a lot of people talk about. So it's interesting too, because I always, yeah. I always thought that this song reminded me of like Hunter S Thompson's look on life. If you're familiar with Hunter S yeah. Thompson, the journalist, yeah. he wrote a lot about how that, that like era of like crazy partying and stuff like that, like yeah. ended so abruptly. Mm -hmm. And now people are just like, uh, it's almost like a, um, what do you call it? A, um, after effects shock mm -hmm. from like this era, like yeah. ending. Yeah. And so one big part of the era was of course the Jesus movement and, and stuff like yeah. that. But also, like you said, there is like, I think he's, he's singing about the abrupt end. Like you said, mm -hmm. to a very strong cultural thing. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a change that's happening. Yeah. I think, I think from the point of view of somebody who would have been like a hippie, they probably would have seen the sixties as a time to um, like fight the good fight. And probably even if you were a Christian during that time, let's say, but you were sure. getting into the counterculture thing, you were probably thinking like, um, yeah, I'm going to be like Jesus and I'm going to fight right. for peace. 
you know, and it probably meant something to a lot of people, but then there was a lot of reasons why a lot of that came crashing down because a lot of it was kind of based not on faith, but based mm-hmm. on like a, you know, the counterculture. Right. And so yeah. you can't keep that going forever. Eventually people grow up and eventually like things about that will become corrupt. Sure. Or whatever. And so I think that, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's real similar to Hunter S. Thompson. Well, like, I mean, yeah. and, and going back to that line, you said, uh, you know, the, the father, son, and the Holy ghost took the yeah. last train for the, coast. for the coast. So it almost seems as though like there was a time when people were very passionate about Jesus, but then, yeah, they kind of sort of left that behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, yeah. Very sad. You see why I didn't want to start out yeah. with that one? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but yeah, we're, we're talking about songs that kind of like invoke, uh, some sort of, um, uh, uh more about like the theology, uh, in these, yeah. because like I said, if it's like a clear Christian thing, then a lot of times it would be separate. Um, I'm going to talk about one that everybody thinks is really, really Christian, but <laughs> the writer is not super Christian. And we're not going to take too much time. This isn't one of our picks. This is just one I thought I would like an honorable mention. Okay. And okay. That is The Spirit in the Sky by Norman uh, Greenbaum. So he was watching TV and he was watching like gospel TV and he was watching like a pastor. Yeah. And he heard a gospel song. He was like, oh, I can do that. And then just kind of like threw some lyrics together. He said it took him like 15 minutes, like what we just did, which is why we did that. Uh, (laughs) So it said it took Norman Greenbaum 15 minutes to just come up with it. Oh, yeah. You're going to do it? You're going to get copyright? So I think he's still alive, technically. So he'll come get you. But essentially, he saw some (laughs) stuff on TV. This is from an interview. He said he saw some stuff on TV. But the problem was that a lot of the lyrics he wrote, people were like, what is this? The Spirit in the Sky, I believe, what from what he said in the interview, is a reference to an uh, 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 um, Hoppy Indian uh, greeting card. No way, card. really? Yeah. Wow. So it's a Hoppy Indian uh, greeting card that he saw, and it said Spirit in the Sky. And he was like, oh, that sounds like a cool lyric. <laughs> Let's put that in That's there. That's interesting. But then there is one particular lyric in particular that goes, um, never been a sinner. I've never sinned. I got to have a friend like Jesus. Uh, and so people were like, Whoa, Whoa. So now more, uh, more people have yeah. done it, redone it, uh, like different versions yeah. and they have changed just that lyric. I was a sinner. Yeah. It's say like, uh, I'm a sinner. You know, I've sinned you know I sin. and I gotta have a friend like gotta Jesus. Have a friend like Jesus. So, so he, yeah. he later was I like, see that. he's not really like apologetic. He's like, I didn't know what I was doing. I just thought, you know, it'd be cool to write that. Yeah. And then it just blew up and became awesome. And so is it really a good Christian message? I would say, <laughs> no, but, but, it's but, a fu- but, but, but neither are most of the movies that, it, we, saw, right. that we talked about either. Right, right. So, so a lot of other, so they probably, is prob- this inspired by a pastor? Yes, it is. There's so. probably somebody somewhere yeah. that's, been a church worship right. leader that has done this song. Not yeah. Really thinking about yeah. it. I, well, at the, at the very a least, lot worse. I'm not yeah. a sinner. I've never sinned. Good job. <laughs> so, so, so he, he he's but, talked about it in interviews and stuff and he's, he's yeah. been like, yeah, well I was just kind of trying to do first John, gospel song. first John in chapter one, it says, um, if you, if we say we are without sin, we make him out to be a liar yeah. and there's no truth in us. So Bob, um, we've been <laughs> yeah. talking, do you want to talk about shine by collective soul? It's one of my faves. That's a great one. Yeah, th- this one's also one of my favorites, too. Um, I-, I-, I had to put this one in the list here. Yes. <laughs> Great song. Yes. All right. So, so, so th- this was a breakout song for them. Th- this is what propelled them to stardom. Collective Soul. Yes, Collective Soul with 93. Um, 
And so this one actually peaked on the billboards uh, uh, at number 11 in 1994. Do you remember hearing this on the radio when you were a kid, Colin? Oh, yeah. No, I love like, this song. Oh, all yeah. The time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, so. I, I like this song. I think my 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 dad, uh, when when he was still alive, really really liked this song. Yeah, we used to sing it in the yeah. car on the way home from uh, baseball practice and stuff. Yes, and so so some of the lyrics like, "Give me a word, give me a sign, show me the word, look, and tell me what will I find. Lay me on the ground, fly me in the sky, show me where to look, uh, tell you what will I find. Uh, love is in the water, love is in the air. Uh, and then of course the the main lyric line is, "Oh heaven, let your light shine down. Oh heaven, let your light shine down. Yeah. Um, and so. Um, it's, so, so, so really, this song is a cry out for guidance is really what it is. Give yeah. me a sign. G- give me something that I can follow. Show me where to go. Mm. You know, and, yeah. and so love is in the water. Love is in there. Show me where to look and tell me, will love be there? Will love be there? You know, teach me how to speak. Teach me how to share. Teach me where to go. Teach me how to Dougie. Teach me how to Dougie. Teach me, teach me how to Dougie. Oh, my goodness, guys. I like how in the song, too, uh, uh, when he says, yeah. Uh, Teach me how to grow and teach me how to share. He like says it like yeah. as a word and not as a sing. <laughs> not as a sing. <laughs> not as Perfect. a sing, guys. <laughs> you know what's really good is uh, how uh, big I am on. Uh, I, I'm a big. I'm big on grammar. I'm. Yeah. I big yeah. grammar very he do- good. He does nice. it as a speak, not as a sing. <laughs> yeah. So, and one of the neat things I found just about this is yeah. is that is that um that the, in an interview he um. Um, Ed Roland, the lead singer um, founder of the band, uh, he talks about how he got into arguments with with writers, people in the industry, uh. people in, in the industry. It's like because they're like, well, you're a Christian band, and they're like, no, no, we're not. And he's like, but you'd mention heaven. And his response was, well, so does Led Zeppelin. And people don't confuse them with being a Christian band. Right. Well, so, so, but, but they it, are though. They're one of the better Christian bands of our age, right? <laughs> Jimmy so, Page, Robert Plant. <laughs> so, so I, I always find that interesting that because this was their breakout song, people <laughs> kind of tried to stereotype them. But right. despite whether or not they were Christian, they got they was on a mainstream me, uh, radio, and B they was they were still typecasted right. that way, nonetheless. So, um, well, but, let me let me ask you this: uh, in your research, did you come across them denying that this song was Christian? Oh yes, yes, very very much so. Yeah, no, no, no. With that being said, he was in fact the son of a Baptist pre- Southern Baptist preacher, um, and he wrote this with with his brother just sitting in, in the living room at his parents' house. Um, huh. And so, although it got confused heavily with being kind of more grungy. He actually wrote this in the late 80s, long before they ever, obviously because this was the song that made them big. This was years before nice. it actually made it big. So he was early onto the grunge scene in the way that Guns N' Roses was like late off of the hair metal scene. Because Guns N' Roses was like an 80s hair metal band from 1992. Yeah. yeah. When Nirvana See, was huge. So. Okay, go, go ahead, Bob. Sorry. So, so, so when asked, he was actually asked by some interviews, you know, if this was like inspired by like this little light of mine, you know, things like that. And he's like, oh, it, maybe. I mean, I, I, there's no, I was like, I don't, I, it wasn't consciously, but subconsciously, maybe that was kind of an influence, that spiritualist, uh, you know, the soul song, you know, this little light of mine. Um, he's like, I mean, I've sung it many times as a kid, and I'm sure there was some, possibly some level of influence there. But, but, but it was just kind of neat, just the, this idea of just, Heaven, let your light shine down. Give me some guidance. This is this, this literally this cry out to, to God is really what it is. 
I like it. I, I think it's funny that yeah. they were so apprehensive about being labeled as a Christian. Oh, yes. Man and, and by, by his That's own hilarious, by his own words, it sounds like he hasn't really even been in church since he's grown up. So it's like, okay. it, it says, like, I spent 18 years in the church, but kind of kind of signifying, you know, in my early years, but not really in the, my later years. This song has been done by a Christian band. Yeah. Right? Yes. One of your favorites. Oh, no. This song has been done by many, many people. Yes. Including. Um, uh, Dolly Parton, who actually won a Grammy in 2001. I did not know that Dolly Parton covered this song. She not only w- covered it, she covered it with Nickel Creek, not to be confused with Nickelback, but Nickel Creek. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, Nickel Creek. Yes. And, uh, Nickelback Creek, yeah. I know. <laughs> so, so, and they, she won a Grammy for this one in 2001 with a cover. She won a Grammy for a cover, which was kind of crazy to me. The not, Dixie Chicks did too. Not the People first don't time. know about Stevie Nicks' uh, landslide. Sorry, go ahead, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> so, but also Smashing Pumpkins notably played part of it during one of their tours before mocking it. They they absolutely, apparently they've got some sort of beef between the yeah, two. Yeah, I thought that was funny in your notes. Billy, Cor- <laughs> Billy Corgan's weird. Yes. And, and then and then even um, there's a there's an, a, a, a parody band, a Christian parody band called Apologetics with an X at the oh, end yeah. there. Um, and they, they, they're kind of like Weird Al, but Christian and not nearly as good quality. That's like <laughs> several steps removed from cultural relevance. Yes. <laughs> like, so so, so, so they, they kind of covered it and kind of obviously like Weird hey, Al but, does change the lyrics. But, but wait, yes, though, wait. But, but my favorite okay. cover of all time is most certainly uh, the one by, by Pillar. Pillar. Um, and that is a Christian rock group. And they, they really rock out with this song. They do. Pull, pull out of grunge and put into more of a modern rock. I like um there's there's a bunch of good Christian rock from like the late nineties that does like rock songs that are vaguely Christian. Like uh-huh. D- DC Talk does Jesus is just alright with me by the Doobie oh, yes. Brothers. Oh yeah. And, yes. uh, and then v- very hip hoppy. Yeah, and then me and you are uh we love um audio adrenaline. And oh yes. Do, um, uh, let Pete Townsend's "Let My Love Open the Door." Oh, I yeah. love that one. <laughs> yes, yes. And they add like a verse about Jesus. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> I mean, like again, like I like I was saying, I think the '90s were a time where if you did do something that had Christian stuff in it, um, it kind of like it was it, it you you weren't lumped in in some like Christian radio. There weren't necessarily um, as fine a line between. Right the uh the different categories right right so like right, jar, you right. like jars of clay yeah who mm-hmm. would be on mtv all the time i mean there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of uh, absolutely songs that i liked that i feel like have really good christian messages like um you know that song that's like um uh has a contention i think it's up a newfound pity um and i walk along high and step to the oh, edge yeah. um that's like a 90s song there's like a million like 90s songs that i think have like cool messages but well yeah i mean even still then the late 90s was still heavily influenced by the church sure although we were moving further and further away from that influence it was it was hard to still even even escape it there was still that synonym of america and the church it wasn't it was it was fading but it was still there at the very least the, the 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 songwriters of that day grew up in the 80s and 70s where where that influence was still much stronger well it's it's going to be their inspiration the countercultural like you know, little rebels, little Hellraiser, yeah. the Gen X kids, you know, <laughs> they grew up in a time where the church was still very powerful. You know, the, yeah. the people who had like fought in one world war two were like still in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, so they like, well, it was really in the eighties that the church really began to get super political uh, involved in the political the, scene. Yeah. The evangelical kind of like took on a new name, like mm-hmm. meaning for a lot of people. And, and so like, 
that was, but now it, we are so on the flip side of that. <laughs> like, oh, very much. So, yeah. so well, the purpose of our, our two episodes, like the movie one and this one is to like find God hidden. So, but there are a few like obvious ones. Um, yeah. uh, and so I'll, I'll just do some honorable on, uh, you know, obvious kind of stuff. Uh, of course you'll hear a lot of like, country songs that have a lot of like Christian influence. You'll oh, hear. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Con- country and Christian are still kind of married in a right. lot of ways. And, and I respect, so mm. we're, we're, I'm going to, I'm going to reference one of those in a minute, but um, this is one that I did. I purposefully did not list on here because it's super controversial. And so I'm going to be brave and talk about <laughs> just a little bit about it anyway. So there's a band called, um, well, you know, uh, if you're, uh, if you're a fan of either tool or uh, a perfect circle, yeah. And the singer Maynard James Maynard Ma- Maynard yeah. James Keenan, yeah. He has a song, and it's. Are very, you talking about Judith? I am, mm. and it's very controversial. And I don't want to send Christians out to listen to it necessarily, unless you are or feel like you really are trusting my opinion. But there's a song that could trigger some people. <laughs> but the lyrics, it, getting away from the actual words used because mm-hmm. they're very slanderous against yeah. God. But the purpose of the song is to throw your, throw his hands up. He, he, as the son of his mother who died, throws his hands up and says like, why would you pray to a God who made you sick? Mm-hmm. And it's really like a struggling song for him to say, because the lyrics say, he's the one who did this to you. Yeah. And still, but the thing was his mother was super devout. Right. Anyway, it's a song called Judith. It's actually very, a very, very good discussion topic for people who have trouble understanding Mm -hmm. why a Christian would believe in a God who would then kill, you know, in their mind, kill their own mother, you know, And, and, and to be, and to be fair to him, you know, we see this in our Bible all the time. Well, we see people cry out to sure. God all the time. Yeah. That's a theme. Yeah. But because it's in the Bible, we understand the context is more right. the, yeah. the, the, the bigger picture. So there. even though there's some really bad slanderous talk in the song, I actually have seen beyond it and actually find it to be a very good uh, topic to think about. Anyway, sure. That's just a throwaway. Um, but then there's stuff like. Um, you know, jars of clay, or uh, yeah. we're, we're going to talk about you two in a minute. These bands are bands that you just know that they have some Christian things to yeah. say. Well, like with you two, they talk about their faith right. pretty openly. So, yeah. so there are. So we were just gonna, we are gonna, we. I picked one, and I think Zach has one. Uh, so I'm gonna do Carrie Underwood because people people have probably understood that this one's a Christian song, but I think it's interesting that Carrie Underwood, because we're on the subject of secular music, Carrie Underwood is considered considered a secular musician not just a country singer either she is like uh you know just a pop artist in some regard as well mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, so she kind of crosses over genres quite a bit i actually have a lot of respect for carrie underwood um i'm not much into country music per se and i'm not much into pop music per se she is probably one of the only singers of, the, of that kind of genre that i really respect a lot um but i will just say that uh she has a she just straight up talent wise she's got an amazing voice She's a mother, um, but her song, Something in the Water, I think is just so blatantly Christian, and I think that's interesting for such a 
a person in such a successful career in the regular uh, pop industry to have such a blatant Christian song like mm-hmm. that with like no fear. So I thought I'd mention it. So yep, she she, she even won the Christian genre for Grammys. In, yeah, in, in twenty fifteen. But she's not song. considered a Christian artist. That's no, what I think is exactly. interesting. Exactly. And so um, just because it is once again so blatantly Christian. Right. And so. Uh, something in the water, and I won't I won't waste too much time because I think everybody maybe understands. But for people who don't understand the reference, she basically goes through. And Bob, uh, could you do me a favor and pull up those lyrics for something in the water? Yep, I got them. Um, so uh, she goes through the kind of story of how she became a Christian in the song, and it is all because a pastor led her down to a river and baptized her. So could yeah. you read that first yeah. verse to me? The first verse says. He said, I've, I've been where you've been before. Down every hallway is a slamming door. No way out, no one to come and save me. Wasting a life that the good Lord gave me. Then somebody said, when I'm, what I'm saying to you, uh, opened my eyes and told me the truth. They said, just a little faith, it'll all get better. So I followed that preacher man down to the river. Now, could you go ahead and skip the... Uh uh, chorus and go to verse two because that's where she like blatantly talks about the blood of Jesus. So could you just yeah. read that? Well, I heard. Uh, well, I heard what he said, and I went on my way. Didn't think about it for a couple of days, which is significant because sometimes sure. that does happen to people when they yeah. first become yeah. Christian. Yes, they just think like whatever. That was just yeah. In the more Wesleyan tradition, we call it more prevenient grace, where God's slowly preparing a way for you. Yeah, if yes. you will accept it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Continue, Bob. Yep. Sorry. Then it hit me like a light, like like a lightning late one night. I was all out of hope and all out of fight. Couldn't fight back the tears, so I fell on my knees, saying, God, if you're there, come and rescue me. Felt love pouring down from above, got washed in the water, washed in the blood. So here we go. Like, I mean, she she has said Jesus, t- you know, she said the word Jesus in other songs, like Jesus take the wheel. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. that was one of her most famous. But clearly being washed in the blood doesn't mean anything else. I mean, that is so for somebody who pays attention to these lyrics, she's literally saying that after being baptized, the Holy spirit like cleansed her spirit and she was washed in the blood of Jesus, the lamb and, and just became a believer. And what I think is super significant is that she is proclaiming that in the midst of her successful career. Now I'm not trying to throw shade on other people who may or may not be Christian, just keeping that under wraps. I mean, there's a lot of celebrities that I really respect, one of which is Chris Pratt. He's very open about his faith, a uh, very strong Christian. You know Chris Pratt? I, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that. I, um, yeah. You should look it up, dude. Yeah, he talks about it a lot. Like in an, yeah. in an award cool. show, like a kid's award show or something like that, he was like, all right, 10 things kids should know. And like eight of them were about going to church or accepting Jesus as their Lord Savior. <laughs> and he's like a crazy popular celebrity. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When those moments come, I have to give I think credit. He, he I, 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 although, although there are times when I think he's... Not just crazy popular, but sometimes just a bit crazy. But. Sure, he's got. <laughs> he is a bit crazy. Uh, Jessica, Jessica says I remind her a lot of Chris Pratt because I'm a strong Christian, but I'm also kind of like a goofball and stuff. There's a show. <laughs> there's a show that he's in that we've watched plenty, and he's he's very like kind of dumb and energetic like I am. So it's it's it's. <laughs> I, I just have I have a lot of respect for anybody in the midst of like Hollywood like that, like Carrie sure. Wood or Chris Pratt. And so getting back to the song. I just think that it's so crazy cool that she was willing to do that. So I know it's not like a hidden God thing. This is very like out in the open, Sure. but I believe that 
in the same spirit we've talked about, uh, you know, like turn, 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 that was kind of out in the open, but maybe people didn't realize it. So in case you didn't realize what something in the water is about the yeah. water, she is saying the something about is the yeah. water of uh, the, the water of baptism yeah. and the water of life. So maybe from revelation 26, uh, just, just as a slight side note, I find this to be quite significant, not because, uh, uh, uh partially because it became famous despite being Christian, which also points out the musicality within the song itself. Yeah. I mean, the, just as a catchy tune, it, mm. it, it is catchy. And that's what really made it famous. My point is my, and, and that there's a certain level of intense quality that goes with her music. I mean, Absolutely. whether or not you like Carrie Underwood, there's no question that she puts out quality work. Mm. That's why she's able to maintain the fame she has and was able to be propelled to the stardom that she has. And, if you ever so, look so at the point I mean, is the point is that you can actually have quality and have a Christian belief system yeah. and they not have to contradict each other, which is so which seems to be more and more in rarity these days, I feel like. But maybe I'm just starting to rant. This is this is <laughs> kind of an you know, this is gonna sound very ignorant and like stupid of me. Like I'm gonna sound like an old uh church uh, mother or something like that, but if you look up Carrie Underwood, like on Google and like type in like Carrie Underwood, like hot photos or anything like that, <laughs> you're not going to find anything. She's very like a wholesome person too. Uh, she lives her life very like non risque and she's very pretty. So you, you can imagine how, how easy it would how be, easy it would be to, 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 to fall yeah. into that trap. Anyway, I'm, I mean, you know, I, she, she probably does have a lot of flaws. I'm just saying some things I've noticed about her yeah. and the fact that she was so open with her but proclamation. of What faith. you're saying is, is that it's, 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 it's obvious. She's trying to live a life in a more of that churchy term. Maybe above she is Maybe she isn't. There's probably people out there who know better than I do, but I'm just saying yeah. the way she pre presents herself. She does. If, if, she if, presents feels herself like that she's trying that she's trying to head that direction. Yeah. Very wholesome. At least. All right, Zach. Um, yeah. So I did one for country. You got one, right? We'll finish out with uh, another one. Uh, yeah, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Well, um, if you find a last song after looking for a little bit longer, that's fine. No, no, this is... Um, oh, oh you're is still looking? <laughs> see what I'm doing? I'm being a total turd. Did you see what I, I did? I still haven't found <laughs> what I'm looking for. Well, we'll let you look, and me and Bob will talk about the next song. I'll just song. keep researching here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, buddy. So, uh, you too. Um, yeah. So, who who is... Who who is you two again? They're not super famous, are they? No, nobody really knows them. They're just this. They're this small Irish punk band that uh, nobody yeah. really knows about. That. Oh, they're the band from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I have you two. Someone to care for. <laughs> <laughs> All oh right, go ahead. Yeah. go ahead, Zach. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So you two, um, they write a lot of more overtly Christian stuff, kind of like um, Carrie Underwood and there, but they are considered a secular band. They are considered a secular band. They don't write just Christian things, but there's a lot of Christian themes in a lot of their music. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the things that I like about Bono is he talks about his love for the Psalms. Yeah. Like he says that the Psalms are a huge inspiration to his music. I'm going to read something. Cause I actually have this little book. I can't even remember where I got it from but it's just a little book of Psalms and it has an introduction by Bono. I don't know whose idea that was. Wow. Okay. It was great. probably Bono's That's idea. That's cool though. <laughs> <laughs> probably Bono's we idea. just let Bono do whatever he wants <laughs> yeah, to do. He just does it. He just showed up yeah. one day, this book yeah. thing. It was like, Hey, do yeah. you care if I put a little quote in there for you guys? Yeah. So he's got a little, you know, couple page introduction that he wrote. Um, so this is what he says. He says at age 12, I was a fan of David as in like David from the Psalms. Yeah. He felt familiar like a pop star could feel familiar. The words of the Psalms were as poetic as they were religious, and he was a star, dramatic character, 
because before David could fulfill the prophecy and become the king of Israel, he had to take quite a beating. He was forced into exile, ended up in a cave in some uh, no-name border town, which is referencing like when Saul was chasing him down, you know. Um, David was facing the collapse of his ego and abandonment by God. But this is where the soap opera got interesting. This is where David was said to have composed his first psalm, the blues, is what Bono compares it to. He says, that's what a lot of the psalms feel like to me, the blues, a man shouting at God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Like Psalm 22 says. So he's like, he's saying that like to him, David is like a rock star, like writing like really deep lyrics and kind of doing like the bluesy thing of like, you know. Shouting here come that train. Here come that train. I come in blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many references. And, but, 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 but that's yeah. interesting because Bono himself being the pop star that everyone feels like they can relate to. Bono is kind of like a David in a way because people look up to him as sure. like this big star and everybody, you know, loved David and like lifted him up into the spotlight and people have done that with Bono. And um, so I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah. What is the what is the, kind of the premise of that song? Because I have some theories on what the lyrics mean. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. I think it's kind of up for interpretation because to me it kind of sounds like a psalm. Yeah. Like it's like there's because uh, it talks about God and it talks about God promising things. Like um, it says, "I've run, I've climbed, um, only to be with you." You know. Crawled. I've crawled. Yeah, yeah, scaled these city I've walls. Scaled these city walls and all these things that like we usually say like God's done to like be with us, but still Bono is like kind of crying out like Where are you, God? Mm. He's saying like I still haven't found what I'm looking for, um, and uh, it's even has a Jesus message in it. If you go down right. to uh, the last verse, it says, um, "You broke the bonds and you loosed the chains, carried the cross for my shame." Um but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So it's like interesting, even right. Even so, even yeah. though, um, even though he knows about Jesus, I think he's saying that there's still times when he struggles. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. Know. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, um, and, and the verse before that, he says, I've spoke with the tongue of angels, like a, a, a quote from Paul there. Yes. Paul, yeah. uh, that's uh, first Corinthians 13. That's right. If I speak with the tongue of angels even, but have not loved, I have nothing. Yes. So, yeah. I, have, so, I have spoke with the tongue of angels. I have held the hand of a devil. It was warm in the night. It was cold as a stone. So yeah. one of the things I thought this song was was kind of voicing, which maybe it's not, but um, what it seemed like when I first heard this and then kind of like analyzed it a little bit, because we, I had somebody ask me to do it yeah. uh, one time in church. And so I looked at the lyrics. It seemed like what Bono was saying with the song or whoever lyrically wrote the song, I'm assuming Bono wrote it, mm-hmm. but um, I'm, I think that what he was saying is that all around the world, there were different like sort of like ways to get to God, maybe hmm. like either different religions, like, cause he's like a scaled the city walls and um, he says Shaka that, when the walls came down. Yeah. Well, he, he said, I, have, <laughs> I tasted, uh, does he say I tasted honey lips? What is yep. the, what's yep. the lyric I've there? I kissed honey lips, felt the healing in her fingertips. Right. Burn like fire. My uh, burning desire. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, so here's what I'm saying. Uh, what I'm yeah. saying is that after looking at the lyrics, it seems as though he was like, I have went all over the world trying to yeah. find what I'm looking for. And I think what he's saying, what he's looking for is like some kind of a definitive answer about the Lord. And I think that these are different um, methods 
to reach like godliness or maybe like some kind of enlightenment yeah. and maybe even then. So then he like comes across the Judeo Christian one, like at the end, yeah. but maybe even then he's like still like, yeah. So, things up so let me end. ask you guys this. Does that make you all uncomfortable? Cause think about it. I, I think like, that it's a good think, question. Think, think about this message. Like, we've seen Jesus carry the cross mm-hmm. for our shame, yeah. but, but yet still like there's a way, like I know some Christians who would not like the idea of knowing about Jesus and still being able to say, hey, I don't know if I found what I'm looking for. Well, <laughs> for, sure. first of all, I, I always try to take things in context and this yeah. one being 1987 yeah. uh, was, was, was when this yeah. song first released in 1987. Bono's come a long way in 30, 40 years. The True. point to where we're writing the intro, but the introduction to a Good song point. here. So, so with that being said, I, I, I don't always view this as this a journey. A, uh, yes, and so, so yeah. with that being said, I, I always try to take a look at where people are now. Okay. And so, so, so with that being said, I don't have or have a problem with someone struggling with their faith, even if that's where they are now. It, but yeah. it, just the fact right. that they're struggling means that they are trying that they're that they're, that, yeah. they're, they're that there's an effort being made it's not a rejection it's saying i don't get it i don't fully understand and, yeah. I, and, right. and there is growth there there is yeah the, yeah so I, i'm all for that i yeah, really, I really think, am i think as christians we sometimes have to live in in that tension and i know we like to think that um because we have jesus we're just going to have it all figured out um, but I think but that a lot was of never t- our promise. A lot of times we're going to wrestle with those questions and with those doubts. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and music yeah. is so powerful because it, it uh, uh, from from a just from a tonal perspective, it pierces through through all languages. Mm. And from a lyrical perspective, it pierces through the heart. Yeah, it, it really has sure. the power to affect you in ways, which is why I've always held music so close to my own life. Um, and so it's. It, it, yeah. it's, it's something that, that, that is, that, that, that is, it goes deeper than just a surface level lyrics. Yeah. I also like what, uh, what you said about context too. Absolutely. Um, there's another searching song that I really like and it's carry on my wayward son by Kansas. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I've heard, um, the lead singer from Kansas give his testimony before on a video and he talked about, um, he used to carry a suitcase around with him. And it had uh, all the books of all these different religions and stuff in it, but he wouldn't want to. Uh, he he wouldn't want to carry a Bible around for whatever reason. Yeah. So he had like you know the he had the Quran and he had like the he had books by Confucius and stuff. And he's like reading that, and that's what "Carry On My Wayward Son" is about. It's about I'm searching for an answer. You know, once I rose above the noise and confusion. Yeah that whole thing. And he's like, where, so he's like wondering like where God is and all this. Well, one day somebody convinced him, try the Bible. Why not that you're trying everything else, you know? And he eventually became a believer through reading scripture and through talking to people. he realized that Jesus is what fulfills the thing that he's searching for, you know? Um, And so like, I think, I think if he were to tour with Kansas, I think they'd still do carry on my wayward son. Cause it's an, such an epic song. Oh, absolutely. And it's about that time in his life when he was still searching. And, mm-hmm. and the cool thing about Jesus is he can fulfill like those searching questions. Sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, the thing is this episode was about um, looking, you know, looking for God hidden in these songs. Yeah. So we're not talking about like a worship song. We're talking about a song that deals with yeah. stru- the struggle, a song that deals with theology or truth or, mm-hmm. and, and I think a lot of the ones we discussed have different varying degrees of that. So like, 
Um, other songs on the album, I think that's a, uh, the same album that Bono wrote. Um, it's the jo- it's from Joshua Tree, and yep. it's still the it's it's the one that has where streets the streets have, have no, no name. name. Yep, that one is obviously a little more clearer, but it's still. Well, it's interesting because like still kind of him searching. Yeah, it's it's kind of a heaven song where the streets have no name. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. But it's also kind of like it's also about Africa. I think, yeah. you know, his love for the for the actual continent of Africa he's, because it's he's where because kind of also a, the streets have no name there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so okay, yeah. thank you guys for listening. Um, we yeah. have uh. We, we have had a really fun time uh, kind of like reviewing. I think that what's funny is that me, Zach, and Bob have all like, I guess we have like a different kind of glasses when it comes to anything like me. Well, you don't have glasses. I don't. Uh, I'm the only <laughs> one of the three that doesn't. But what I mean is like we we different viewpoints, different perspectives. We definitely see, we don't just see one layer when we listen to a song so or yeah. watch a movie. And so uh where where God truly is and everything we see him and so that's this is this is our little fun uh delve into some secular world stuff where we can still see the Lord and I think that uh, most of you um would agree that the you know the Lord reveals himself in the world in a lot of different ways and so this is just our little fun project to do just that just to see where God is hope you all enjoyed the ride and if you want to hear us uh writing that song from the beginning check, check out our patreon. patreon. Patreon.com slash house plan podcast. There you go. Alright guys. Love you. See you guys later. Yeah, buddy. Peace.